Welcome to the Greystone Church Podcast. We are grateful that you are tuning in and pray that you will experience God through this message. This episode is very special because it's from our Friends event in September 2022. Ladies from all of our campuses came together for a beautiful night of fellowship, worship, and teaching on friendship. This episode in particular is from session one where Jennifer House and our friend Angela Richardson talk through comparison and compassion. So you might want to grab something to take notes on because it's a good one. Take a listen. I'm so excited, everyone, to introduce you to my friend, Angela Richardson. Let's give her a big grace and welcome. Yes, this is Angela's second time to speak to the women, but, and y'all, she said someone posted like a picture of toilet paper on her Instagram. We'll get to that later, but um, anyway. You still have toilet paper in your purse. Anybody? Okay. (laughs) All right, you'll see she likes bathroom humor, all right? Um, But anyway, Angela, I'm so happy you're here, and she and I met, um, we live very far away from each other. Like Dallas, Georgia might as well be California, yeah. you know? But um, anyway, we try to make it a point to, to meet halfway, Pont City Market, yeah. somewhere hiking, yeah. I don't know. But we were having lunch, and I said, I really want you to come back before you move to Scotland yes. and start your church. Oh, did you hear yes. That? You got this really is, this is it's home, night. isn't it? It's this Friends, is friends night. night. We're friends. Yes, so Angela and her husband and boys are moving to Scotland in January to start a church, and which is amazing. Um, But I said before you move, I want—I really want you to come share. And she said, "What do you want to share about me to share about?" And I said, "I really want you to share about friendship, because as y'all know, I am on this journey of combating loneliness and." Friendship is so important. And she said, well, I actually could do that. <laughs> so Angela, why is friendship so important? Well, first of all, I will answer that question, but I just wanna say how much of a blessing it is for me to be here with you guys. You guys are not only supporting me. Every time I come here, I feel this warm welcome. I'm seeing faces that I recognize from the times before but you're supporting our family. This church is supporting our family as we move to Scotland in January. And so it's a place where I don't really have many friends yet. So a lot of the stuff that we're talking about tonight, I'm the avatar. (laughs) Like I need to be applying this to my own life, so. Speaking of your family, do you wanna show their picture? Oh, yes. Yes, let her introduce her family. Okay, so I don't know, we we have a little picture or? Okay, so that is from our last trip. We just got back uh, from Scotland. Monday. Monday, thank you. I am. (laughs) She's tired. (laughs) Still on their time. Um, That is, so they say that one of the cures for jet lag is you're supposed to immerse yourself in a body of water. And I was not about, there were people swimming in that water, it was like 40 degrees outside. And, uh, but that's, those are my boys. Will is on the left, and then there's me and Paul in the middle, and Wesley, the super tall one, the youngest one of the family, is all the way on the right. And they're all moving with us in January, so that's my little fam. That's awesome. Yeah. So, um, yeah, friendship is, I'm really passionate about it. And I have been really blessed with some amazing friends in my life. And it started because when I was 14 years old, 
I was in high school and I felt lonely, something that Jennifer was talking about earlier, just feeling like everybody had their people, you know? And I really wanted my people. And so I was a runner. One of my classes during the day was to run errands for the office people. And I was sitting there in, in the office and I just prayed, God, would you send me a friend? It was so simple. It was just that one little line. I prayed that to God. And two weeks later, we got a new superintendent at our school and he had a daughter named Colin and she was my age. And I asked her, I said, do you wanna go to the skate, to skate world? I think is what it was called. <laughs> and we went skating together. And because neither of us had boyfriends, we couple skated. And we instantly, it was just this instant connection. She's still a friend of mine to this day, 30 some years later. And, um, but friendship is important because it pleases God. And we're gonna talk about all the fun aspects of friendship. We're gonna talk about conflict, how to resolve conflict, some of the harder parts of friendship tonight. But Psalm 133, I think we have some verses that we're gonna throw up there, but Psalm 133, one says, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. And we need each other, and God's very clear about that in scripture. I read a lot of Charles Spurgeon for my devotions, along with scripture, I like to pair those two together. And there's a quote that he uh, says about friendship. It says, believers are not compared to bears or lions or other animals that wander alone. Those who belong to Christ, excuse me, okay. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> See, you're really friends. I didn't have to do this the last time I was here. I've grown, I've matured. <laughs> And now I, have to, now I have to have glasses. Those who belong to Christ are sheep in this respect that they love to go together. Sheep go in flocks and so do God's people. So tonight, as we talk through all of this, we're gonna be like a little sheep herd that just goes, goes through this together. Because that's that. what we are, yeah. So Angela, I don't know if you remember the first time we met, but years ago, about eight years ago, um, there was the Pastor's Wives Conference, and it was at Lenox Mall, and she was there, and I was there, and I was new. She knew more people than I did, um, but I was new, and she shared a, a testimony, and which I don't know if you'll get into all that tonight, but she had, a hundred, how many? hundred? hundred probably 115 at that She's time. She's had 115 skin cancer surgeries which is unbelievable. Well, I had, some of you know this, but right here, and I had a melanoma, and in 2010, I had the Mohs surgery, and it was taken off, and it was very traumatic for me, but I only had one, and she's had that many. But after she did her little testimony, I went up and talked to her. That was the very first time we met. And then later, because we got invited to the same pastor's wives things, we would run into each other. Yeah. But where we really bonded, I feel like, was we got to go to Scotland, and I have a picture, I don't know if you'll remember this. Oh, this is do. This is at the Wallace, um, yes. I think it is. But those are some of the other pastor's wives. But she and I are in the middle, and on the bus and to the different things, we just started talking. We started talking about our kids and other things. And it was, I don't know if it was then, but Obviously, you're now going to Scotland. So that was, that was 2018. Yeah. 
But that's when we kind of bonded. Yeah. And we became friends. I felt an instant connection with Jennifer, which is not hard to do. You're very warm and very welcoming. But I felt safe. I felt like we had already had something we'd established that we had something in common. And so she, in the moment that she came up to me at that first event that we were at, and she said, I've, I've had skin cancer too. There is something so beautiful that happens in that moment. C.S. Lewis says that friendship starts the moment that you realize, wait, you too? I thought I was the only one. Isn't that amazing when that happens to you and you can, and you can relate to somebody else? And so we did. We, we talked about that, and it just led to really what's been such a treasured friendship mm-hmm. for me over the years. Me and you better come visit me. We are. We're coming. <laughs> yeah. You, you need July. to. July. You okay. better mark it out. Yeah. <laughs> Look, she's coming when it's like nice and warm. Yeah, I'm not coming in the rain and cold. Y'all know I don't like winter, so. I love it. But Jennifer's the kind of friend that I would call the, everybody needs a friend in their life that you can say, hey, can you turn the water on? Right? What does that mean? <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, here we go. Well, so I have, gosh, you guys, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it because you guys bring it out of me. I, I have had this, um, I, don't, I don't know if you call it anxiety or fear or stage fright, but I cannot use the restroom in public restrooms. Is there anybody else in here? Oh, there's a couple of really brave people. You know what? That's our common bond. So you meet me out in the atrium afterwards. But I seriously, like, I, I might have started with the first story that I shared with you guys the last time that gave me so much anxiety. But I really just can't. And, and if I have a friend that's with me in the bathroom, I'll holler out. I'll say, like, hey, can you just leave the water on for a second? Because it helps me if there's water going or if somebody flushes the toilet, right? Right. So I have this friend, another pastor's wife, and we've traveled all over the world together. And we were on a flight from Atlanta to Tel Aviv. So we were going to Israel. And I was like, oh, man. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a in long a flight. lot of pain. Yep. I'm going to have to wear something, you know, or something because <laughs> I can't. I cannot go. The plane bathrooms are the worst because you, there is nothing separating. There's a piece of plastic separating you from the people that are sitting right there in front of you. So the anxiety psh, through the roof. So I tell my friend this and I'm like, hey, I have a lot of issues going to the restroom. And, she, and I, I'm really scared about this flight. And she was like, say no more. I'll stand outside of the door and I'll play Candy Crush as long as it takes for you to go to the bathroom. And she does. So to this day, I don't even have to say a word to her. I can look at her and just make my eyes really big. And she's like, get my phone. I got it. All right. <laughs> so everybody needs one of those friends in their life. Yes. They just get you, you know, and they just know. But I, one of the most beautiful Um, examples of this in scripture to me is found in Luke, uh, Luke chapter one. It starts out in verse five and it's the story of Mary and Elizabeth and how they find out that they're going to conceive. And so Gabriel visits Zachariah. He tells him, you know, your wife is going to become pregnant and this is a miracle for her, right? Like she's so old, she's not able to have children And six months into her pregnancy, Gabriel also visits Mary, and he goes and tells her, 
you're going to have a child and you're gonna call him named Jesus and he's gonna save the world. And what I love so much about this story is Gabriel is an angel, he's a messenger of God. So he, he did have compassion on Mary, but God ultimately had compassion on Mary because he said to Gabriel, I want you to tell Mary that somebody else is going through the same thing that she's going through. I want you to tell her that Elizabeth is also in a similar predicament. She is also about to have a child that is an immaculate conception. And so that, that feeling of fear and just complete, I can't imagine what Mary must have been feeling yeah. in that moment of just like, what, you're what? I can't, you're telling me I'm about to have a baby? And God says, let her know that somebody else is going through the same thing. And there's this moment of like, me too, I've been there. And so, I love what happens after that. Mary goes to visit her, and from the timeline in, in scripture when you read it, it looks like she was actually there when Elizabeth's baby was born, and to get to see that, and um, just to have a common bond with somebody is so important. So yeah. important. Yeah. And we bonded over the years. Yes. And we, another thing that we have to do is we have to be intentional. Yes. She's not like Tracy, the neighbor that lives next door. She lives yeah. on the other side of Atlanta. So if we're going to talk or get together, we have to, and even in Scotland. So we have this time in Scotland together, but when we got back, we had to keep the friendship yeah. going. Yeah. I mean, if you think about like, even so let's use the example of Mary and Elizabeth. Um, she couldn't just text Elizabeth and say, Hey, do you want to meet me at Starbucks for coffee? There were probably like animals that had to transport her. Like this was a whole thing. She had to be super intentional about it, but she was like, the way that I'm gonna get comfort and be able to share this with a friend is if I'm intentional. Um, and I think, you know, looking back when I was 14 and I was praying for a friend, I didn't realize that that was intention. Mm -hmm. But that's what that was. Right. I, I had to ask God for a friend, and I had to put myself out there and say, like, hey, do you want to go to Skate World with me? And you, you take a risk. You take a risk of somebody being like, oh, not today. Or, but if there's no risk, there's no reward. And right. so I'm so thankful that I was able to do that. Right. Yeah. So a big part of friendship, what we're saying, is being intentional. Yeah. Reaching out. Not waiting for connection to fall in our lap. Yeah. But to seek out connection with other people. Yeah. Like that's what we did. Like I sought out you. Yeah. And then on Scotland we hung out. And then once we got back, we were just intentional. And we yeah. built a friendship. So we got to be intentional. And that yeah. is hard. Some people are more introverted. But mm -hmm. I really want to encourage everybody, like, be intentional. If you want to make a friend, you have to initiate. Yeah. And you know, I... I want to say, like, this isn't in our notes or anything, but I feel like the art of, like, a handwritten note has lost so much steam. Write your friends a little note. Call them on the phone. Do we really hear people's voices anymore? Like, I want to hear my friends' voices. I want to hear the inflection. I want to be able to tell. You know you will be able to tell right away if you're talking to someone and you can hear their voice, you will be able to tell immediately immediately if there's something off, if you have hurt their feelings. And 
Texting is great. I know that sometimes that's like, it's just, it's important. Convenient, yeah. Yeah, it's convenient. You don't feel like you're interrupting somebody's day. Um, But there's an intentionality with that that didn't used to be there because of social media and all of that. But um, just send your friends a note, call them, remember their birthdays, you know, ask them what their favorite colors are. Like do little things for them that, like Jennifer with her dry shampoo. My goodness. Yeah. I mean, I was kind of hoping there was an extra bottle in there. <laughs> we'll see about that. All right, so another thing that you and I were talking about before, there's something that could kill a friendship. Yes. What, what's the, one of the number one friendship killers, would you yes. say? So comparison, okay? Theodore Roosevelt said, comparison is the thief of joy. We've heard that so many times. Um, And it's not uncommon. It's very common, especially as we were just saying in this overly social world that we have. Um, It's so easy to be, I I had a job for about seven years. I worked at a store, a, a little boutique, and I loved it. We had a little break room in the back. And I got a 20-minute lunch break. And so I had always packed my lunch. I would go to the back, and I would get my phone. And just to, like, chill out, I would scroll. And I got into the habit of doing this really every day at work. And one day I was scrolling, and I realized, so in, within, within 20 seconds, I saw that a Hollywood actor that I liked had passed away. And I was like, oh, that's so sad. I didn't really stop though, you know, you you keep going and then you see an acquaintance of yours just had a baby. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, look, oh, there's, they just put out their fall capsule wardrobe. Okay, what do I need for fall? And you start looking at that and then you see somebody went on a trip and you didn't get to go on a trip. And then, oh, look at their, her and her husband did a cute little video together. Oh, her husband's more fun than mine. And you start, (laughs) you, you, within 20 seconds, you're, your emotions ping pong from one extreme, from death to birth to jealousy to comparison all over the place. And we're not created to, to feel emotion like that. We're created to be present, to feel an emotion and to feel it all the way through. And so I am not here to tell you to everybody to close out all your apps or anything like that, but I am saying that there's a danger in it because it, it doesn't, um, it, it causes anxiety, it causes you to compare. Comparison leads to envy. And we know from the story of Cain and Abel, back in the very beginning of the Bible in Genesis four, that envy leads to anger. And anger ultimately leads us to be, um, to look old and haggard. And we just don't, oh. we don't, we don't want that. Right? You looked at me when you said that. Did you see that? <laughs> Alden Haggard. Please, no. Oh, I was looking for affirmation, really. I'm not that like, much older than you. No, you're not. Not at all. Um, but I hope that you just take, take from that, like, ask God. I always say, and anytime I'm speaking anywhere, sift what we say. Sift, sift the things that are said from your church leaders. Sift them through God's word. Take that home and sift that and see like, God, is there something that I need to do with that? Am I, am I on here too much? Is this causing me to compare? But what it does in our friendships 
is it can lead to discord in our relationships. So imagine if when Mary went to Elizabeth and said, here's what, here's what's happened, or, or Elizabeth finds out, you know, because the baby in her womb leaps when she sees Mary, if Elizabeth had been like, so I'm this old and you get to carry the Son of God? Like, <laughs> wait a minute. I have waited way longer than you and you get to be chosen. I'm wiser. I'm gonna know how to do this. I've lived a lot more life than you. No, she, Elizabeth was free and she was confident in who she was. She knew who she was. Comparison kills authenticity. It will, it will strip you of who you really are. And so Elizabeth knew who she was. She was grounded. She believed God. She had faith in him. And so she was able to look at Mary and said, I rejoice with you. I am so happy for you. We get to experience this together and we can cheer each other on together. We can support each other. We can be each other's rocks through this because I'm okay in who I am because I know who I am. I'm his and you're okay with who you are because you're his. And I think it's such a beautiful thing when we know who we really are in Christ. Um, stop comparing. You know, I, I think about this. I have a small circle of friends. My circle of friends used to be really big before COVID. <laughs> and then COVID happened and I was like, hey, where did everybody go? Um, but you know what? That refining is not such a bad thing. I think... Um, there's a lot that happens uh, in that refining. It reveals things. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm very thankful for that. And I'm thankful for the friends that I have. But I look in the circle of friends that I have and we have such different gifts. I feel like, and I, I don't fully know this and fully understand I'm about to be 45 and I hope and pray that I continue to keep learning what, what has God gifted me? What has he given me to steward? I feel like he's given me the gift of encouragement. I feel like he's given me a gift of humor and of a love of sweets and cakes. <laughs> and um, I like to bake them and then I like to eat them. And, and then I have friends who are recording artists and they have these amazing voices or they can stand on a stage and they can deliver a message without any imperfection or you, let me just say, Whatever God has put in your hand, whatever God has gifted you with to steward, it is not any less than, than the friend that you're walking through life with. And when we can get to the point where we can celebrate those giftedness with right. each other, man, it takes your friendships to a whole, to a whole other level. It does. And I yeah. do think, I remember years ago, I was talking to a friend and we were catching up about Christmas. Did you have a good Christmas? She goes, well, I had a great Christmas till I looked at Instagram. <laughs> yes. And everybody's kids got better gifts than my kids got. And everybody, so I do think there's something about like, we have great lives and we need to be thankful and grateful for what we yeah. have. But if we let the comparing, you yeah. know, well, she got an opportunity that I didn't get. Yeah. Or she, her kids got to go to that college or their kid's a better athlete than my kid, whatever it is. If we start comparing, it can't, it just, um, yeah. it destroys a friendship. 
Yeah, yeah. one of the verses that I had um, pulled for tonight, and I don't know if we have it, if it's on the screen or not, but Ephesians 5.1 tells us that we're to be imitators of Christ. And so sometimes we see things um, on television or we see things in real life or on social media and we try to imitate those things because we think those things are good and those things are gonna lead to our happiness. But when we imitate Christ, ultimately, that's gonna make us the most fulfilled. Um, so I just, I just wanna encourage you guys, you know, for so many years, I couldn't find my niche. Is it niche or niche? I say niche, but some people say niche. Yeah. What do y'all say? I'm gonna be fancy. Niche. Oh, they ain't fancy. Yeah. <laughs> We fancy like Applebee's I, yeah. on a date night. Right. <laughs> you want to street it? steak and an Oreo shake and some whipped cream. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> um, but I did, I, I couldn't, I was like, I was kind of taking things from other people that I saw that I really admired. That's not a bad thing. When you, when you see somebody and you're like, I really like that about them and I want to be more like that. That's okay as long as they're following Christ. But when you're constantly, you're, you're constantly doing that and you're not able to really be who you really are, you need to step back. You need to tune out all the other distractions and you need to put yourself in the word. Start reading through Psalms and Proverbs and start reading the Old Testament and find out what God says about you. And I'm telling you, like when I, when I really just looked up and stopped looking around at what everybody else was doing and I was able to figure out like, this is, this is who God's called me to be. I'm okay with that. And, and I think that when we, first, um, when we first decided, when Paul and I together, you know, it was a long season of praying, are we gonna move to Scotland? There was another option on the table. We, we had a dream job basically in California and we decided God's calling us to take this leap of faith and move to Scotland. Where we're planting a church in Scotland in Edinburgh is very highly educated. These are some really, really smart people. And we've gotten into some conversations with them. And I'm like, oh, wow, you're using words I don't even know. Like, <laughs> I don't know. You know what? God hasn't called me to be a debate a debater. He's called me to encourage people and to love on them. And he's like, I don't want and you to. And you're great at that, oh, by the way. Thank you. And you're so good you're at that. You're great at that. Way. No. <laughs> great. Um, so, yeah, I just, I, I want to encourage you to find, find who you truly are by planting yourself in the Word, be imitators of Christ. And um, that's, the, that's the way that you're going to be the best friend to the friends around you. And I agree with that. Like if you're more secure in who you are, you can be a better friend to other yeah. people. It's important. Wow, let's hear that again. Find who you truly are by planting yourself in the word. And that's the way you're going to be the best friend to the friends around you. We really hope you found the application you needed today to be the best friend you can be for the people in your life. We believe that God desires great friendships for everyone. So please share this episode with a friend and listen to session two for more content on friendship. Our fifth annual women's conference is coming this January, 2023, and registration is now open. So head over to graystonechurch.com for more information on the women's conference and for any other information on Graystone Church. We hope you have a blessed day.